everyone, and welcome to the official New Japan Pro Wrestling English podcast. My name is Chris Charlton. Our at-home series continues as we all work remotely and, and get through this uh, this global crisis. Uh, we hope that everybody is staying home and, and staying healthy and staying sane, uh, but also that if you have to be out and if you're working in the central service, if you're in healthcare or even if you're you're packing groceries, um, then we definitely applaud you for everything that you're doing. But we're staying home and staying safe here today, and we're staying home with connecting to Australia right now, Robbie Eagles. G'day, everyone. Uh, g'day, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so, what's uh, what's your situation like? First of all, we're we're recording this uh, in Japan just after um, you know there were lots of instructions being given across across the country to to sort of stay home if you can and all of that uh, situation. But uh, how's it been in Australia? Uh, kind of the same. There's a lot of restrictions and every day it keeps changing. Um, so at the moment, it's pretty much a stay at home uh, across the nation. So unless you're an essential worker, they're trying to get everyone to stay in, I guess, self-isolation to a degree just to stop the spread. Um, and I think we're doing pretty good with that now. There was a little bit of hesitation from a lot of parts of the country for a bit that, uh, you know, even myself and a few others were kind of looking at it like it wasn't too serious. And then, you know, the number of cases kept rising and it started to become more of a legitimate thing for us. So I think uh, once we heard it, you know, the fourth or fifth time from the government here, we were kind of like, OK, maybe we should listen and do what they say and just stay in, stay at home so that all these restrictions for what we can do for the arts and entertainment and sport can be lifted sooner rather than later. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, while you've been doing that, you know, I think, I think a big question and it's especially to athletes is, is how they, they stay in shape and, and how you're, you're dealing with training. Um, you know, has there been changes to how you've been eating, how you've been working out, all of that stuff? How, how are you dealing with that? Yeah, it's been, uh, I think at first it was a little bit difficult because emotionally when all this stuff started happening and, you know, the, the cancellations of the New Japan events that a lot of them that I was very psyched for, like the anniversary yeah. um, event and uh, Dontaku now has some cancellations. So these were all things that I was looking forward to being a part of. And, uh, you know, at first I kind of went into almost like a bad breakup phase and uh, started eating things that I normally wouldn't. So yeah. I was kind of left to my own vices at that point. And then I kind of had to look at myself in the mirror and be like, no, you know, I, I need to be ready for whatever comes next. So once those bans and restrictions get lifted, I need to be in the best possible shape I can be. So funnily enough, now I'm pretty consistent with my eating. And if not, it's better than if I didn't have the restrictions because sometimes I'd kind of go out on the road or I'd be training late at night with some students at the wrestling academy here in Sydney that then that would force me to eat something not so great whereas now I'm kind of stationed at home and it's forcing me to constantly cook my own meals and try and save a bit of money and not be a panic buyer and go out and get mass amounts of food I, I've already got stuff in the deep freezer here that I should have been using a long time ago and it's all nutritious meals and nutritious uh, parts of food so my diet probably more on point than it's ever been. Um, when it comes to exercise and routine like that, obviously that changed a little bit. I'm fortunate enough that I've got access to most of the equipment I need um, and I've got a treadmill at home. So uh, I'm trying to stay in as best shape as I can, but ring shape, that's questionable. 
Right. It's, I mean, it's a different story, isn't it? Like, I know, uh, you know, it seems there's been this transition from people that we've talked to over the last, uh, you know, little while in, in terms of how they've been training, uh, you know, especially guys that don't necessarily have access to all the weights at the gym. And, and Rocky Romero was saying, you know, he was training with, with fewer weights. Koto Ibushi was saying, you know, he was doing a lot more aerobic exercise that, that he hadn't been doing before. Um, and a lot of cardio training has, has just the, the, the way, the manner in which you've been training, has that changed at all? Or is it, uh, kind of business as usual in that regard? From like the, uh, like my, my gym sessions, which are outlaid to me from a personal trainer that I have, all of that's pretty much the same. Um, when it comes to what I would do to keep in better ring condition, I would, I would go to the pro wrestling Academy, which I help run here in Sydney and train with my students on a frequent basis. I'm not able to do that. So, you know, things like hitting the ropes and, uh, some of the maneuvers I'd pull off in the ring in new Japan pro wrestling, it might be a little bit more rusty. So what I've tried to do is kind of, you know, do some of the, the things that I wouldn't normally do in excess. So kind of similar to Ibushi, I guess, to a degree. I'm trying to find ways to stay agile because with your, your gym training with weights and things like that, even when it comes to, you know, general cardio to a degree, it's all machine or equipment based. So I'm trying to find other avenues. You know, when I was younger, I used to be into parkour a little bit. So I'm trying to see if I can still pull off some of those techniques that I used to do in my uh, later teens while still managing the fact that I can't get injured in this state because if we do come back into action really soon, I don't want to be nursing a rolled ankle or anything like that. So that's that's kind of some of the elements that I've added into my routine. Yeah. Has, has, that, has there been benefits from resting up? Do you, do you kind of feel that there was any sort of niggling aches and pains that have, have had time to heal at this point? Definitely, yeah. And I mean, I've heard you speak with uh, the other guys like Rocky and stuff on the podcast and it's definitely been good for me to heal. Um, even things that I didn't know were going on with my body, uh, they kind of like set in over the time that I was resting, doing nothing. And I was like, oh, I should probably get that looked at. Um, so I've seen my physio a couple of times. I'm due to go back soon. Um, you know, definitely want to be in peak condition, kind of like what Rocky's been saying. Uh, preparation is key for us at this stage because if we get the call tomorrow that all systems are go, we don't want to be in like holiday mode. Uh, we want to be ready to go for anything and everything. And if it's, you know, tomorrow we get the call and who knows, best of the super juniors is being moved forward. Um, you know, you need to be ready for a grueling tournament. So I'm kind of training like a, almost like a marathon uh, wrestler to a degree. I'm, I'm training for long matches, hard matches, long grueling tours, whatever it's going to be. Um, I want to be ready for it. So I'm just mentally and physically preparing myself as much as I can. Are you kind of, is part of that mental preparation for that, that first bump? like after the lockdown's done that that i would imagine that that just first that first impact is going to be a killer right yeah i think i'm uh trying to you know will myself on to just kind of throw myself at the concrete at some point because i figured <laughs> that's going to be harder than a ring so uh let's get let's get something like that happening just to send the shock to my system and get ready for that <laughs> yeah right right um yeah so as we're we're announcing or we'll have just announced as as people are listening to this unfortunately uh you know the situations have required us to to rule off the rest of the the don package here um as we're at this standpoint 
um at this point we're, we're hoping to be back for for best of the super juniors of course that's something that we have to monitor the situation see what governments are saying what's the best practice uh things like that you know whether it would even be you know i mean some some companies around the world have, have taken this approach of well let's try um your know, matches in in front of zero people or in front of essential personnel is is that something that a, have you ever done that? Have you ever wrestled in that environment? And, uh, you know, is that something that would be uh, off-putting to you? Or is that a position where you'd be, uh, you know, it, it might be something doable? I'm kind of weird uh, in that sense because, like, even when I'm, you know, training, uh, it's not the same environment as being in, uh, you know, Ryugoku Sumo Hall um, or, you know, even a packed Corican event. Uh, but to me, every time I'm wrestling and in a wrestling environment, I almost feel like I'm in front of the audience from an atmospheric point um, in my own head because I need to prepare myself for, you know, the nerves, the jitters, all that sort of stuff that comes with performing in front of a crowd. So I kind of perform the same way. And if we go back in history, I'm very much like Osprey. Uh, you know, I came from being a teen backyard wrestling. And a lot of the times I would wrestle in front of nobody at that stage. And I was the most passionate person that was part of my backyard wrestling group. So, you know, everyone else was kind of just coming in and having some fun. And I was there being like, no, I'm serious. I want to have a serious match. And, you know, there's five lawn chairs out and no one in them. So uh, mentally, I'm kind of equipped to deal with that. But... It's definitely better in front of an audience. It's definitely better in front of those packed arenas, in front of rabid fans that are there that want to see it. And, you know, they've paid for their ticket in anticipation for this event. So I much prefer having them there. Um, but if I was given the choice uh, to wrestle or to not wrestle, I would choose to wrestle no matter the circumstance. Sure. Um, okay, so yeah, hopefully we're back for Best of the Super Juniors and, and it's all systems go from that point. Uh, should it should that be the case? Um, if they announce all those those names, those well, we don't even know how big the field would be at this point. Uh, but last year it was twenty guys. Would there be you know are, are there picks of I want to be in this block, I want to be in a block with X Y Z? Um, you know because it is going to be a different field when you look at guys like you know, Will Osprey's not going to be in the field this year as a heavyweight. Shingo's not going to be in the field this year as a heavyweight. Um, so, you know, who would you want to be placed with uh, when those those names get announced? That is a, uh, a very good question. Um, and I can only really look at having been in one best of the Super Juniors so far. And I'd be hopeful to be an entrant in the next um, incarnation of the best of the Super Juniors. So, fingers crossed that all lines up. Um, looking back at my previous block, uh, I feel like I've kind of had some of those matches, not on repeat, but some of the people that I faced off in the B block last year, I've then had other encounters with in, you know, tag team formats or three on three or four on four. So I'd like to go up against people that I'm less familiar with. Um, one person that I was really impressed by last year and we have had tag team encounters is Show. And I feel like he and I in a singles um, aspect could produce some really cool magic in the ring. So he's someone that I would like to be in the same block with. Uh, but in saying that, it's also dangerous to be in the block with him because he's such a strong competitor. You know, I could lose points to him and that could cost me getting further in the tournament. So ultimately, I, I, I want to win. So part of me really wants to go up against new opponents that I need to test myself against. Part of me wants to have the easiest matchup. So if I look at 
last year's block B, I want to go up against those same people I was able to defeat because historically I feel like I could repeat history and do that again. So give me guys like Taguchi. Give me guys like, uh, you know, Rocky I was able to beat in my first ever best of the Super Juniors match. But that was really tough and I feel like he's only going to get tougher. So it's, it's really a catch-22, Chris. Um, there are a lot of people that I'd love to wrestle. Uh, there are a lot of people that I haven't wrestled one-on-one. Um... You know, the champion, Hiromu Takahashi, uh, I've got a pinfall victory over him and he's got a pinfall victory over me. So I feel like that's a score that needs to be settled. And whether the championship is on the line or not, or bragging rights in the best of the Super Juniors, I'll take either opportunity. Um, and then I, I still have a bone to pick with Doki because of what he did to me last year. Yes, so, yeah, yeah I, I'd like to get to him before he gets to me um, and take him to the outside and let him know what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. There was a, a lot of blood in that that situation, Corcoran. Um, okay, so uh, before we we hopped on here, we took some questions from the fans, and uh, we got a huge response from people all over, including uh, well, including El Fantasma teams. <laughs> Ah, uh, here we go. Who asked how many times have you beaten me? I think it's zero. Can you confirm? Yeah, I well, I mean, I don't, I don't look back at that and uh, stay awake at night because of it. <laughs> but he is right. I have never bested El Fantasmo in singles or in tag. Um, yeah, that's definitely a, a wrong that needs to be turned into a right, Chris. Yeah. So if we if we are to uh, book our own blocks, I would a hundred percent book the opening match for my block of best of the super juniors to be against El Fantasmo because I know I can beat him. I just yeah. know it. And he's I mean, I'm I'm sure he's in holiday mode. I know he's in holiday mode. There's no Instagram videos of him working out. There's none of that. And mm. he probably doesn't have access to anything that he needs. Good for me. Um, that just makes it all the all the much easier. And now I know all his tricks. I know everything he's capable of. So I, I feel like I have the best plan to beat El Fantasmo when it does happen again. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, there was there was one. I mean, you you brought up a show earlier on, and I know you've been battling not necessarily in the wrestling ring, but in the fighting game. Fighting game. <laughs> 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 Seven. And there was a, uh, you know, one question, Johnny Forego on, on Twitter, uh, you know, asks uh, if you would fight with him in Tekken seven. So is, is Tekken your, your jam at the moment? Yeah, it really is. Uh, and it has been since I was really young. Cause it was my first ever game that I got on, a, on the original PlayStation. So uh, for me, Tekken has been a lifelong uh, thing that I've kept up with. I've had all the games. Um, I've always ranked myself pretty highly, but playing show online has made me really open my eyes to, you, you know, on the world stage, I'm not quite up to par, but our record was pretty close. He was up four and I was up three. So not quite a tiebreaker, but uh, there'll be another round yet to come. <laughs> is, is chaos kind of, I don't know, if you were going to make... A, a video game esports league out of the the different factions. <laughs> is, is Chaos the best equipped for that? I kind of think that there are more gamers in in Chaos than than anywhere else. I like to think so. Even just seeing you know people like Okada with his Nintendo Switch on the bus yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I don't know how much of a gamer Osprey is, but he's he's a freak of nature and is good at everything that he touches. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's just like the absolute ultimate beast at Tekken first time playing it. Um, and I think there'd be some some silent warriors on the the chaos side. I feel like someone like Hiroki Hiroki Goto would be uh, pretty good at it, but wouldn't boast about it very much. Mm. So I, I'd like to think that we'd do really well if it was faction versus faction in something like a Tekken tournament. Um, it might be something that we have to produce, you know. Um, who, who knows what's going to happen in the in the coming days, weeks, months? But <laughs> I mean, be. yeah, bring on the challenge, bring it on. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I know Taichi is a big gamer in Suzuki Gun, um, but I, I couldn't possibly imagine Minoru Suzuki picking up a video game controller. <laughs> you know, someone, someone like Evil sitting down for a, a little bit of Street Fighter or something. It, it doesn't really, you know, it, it, that that image doesn't doesn't come particularly readily. But uh, well, if I if I have my facts correct, I believe Minoru Suzuki actually did some of the motion capture oh, for, for Tekken, one of the original yes. Tekken. Yeah, for Tekken Three, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for the character that I actually play as all the time, King. So the oh. the wrestling character. Well, there you go. There you go. Do you? I mean. Taichi, you know, we saw Taichi stream some uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World a, a little bit ago. Do you, as a wrestler, play wrestling video games, or is that just something where you know it's like an uncanny value of no, this is this is too weird. I, I don't want to touch this stuff. Yeah, I think when I was younger, it was definitely something that I did frequently, and I used to own all of them from the WCW video games to your WWF and WWE and everything else that would come forward to even things like very obscure games like The Simpsons Wrestling. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of had them all because I was obsessive as, as a, a younger kid and a, as a teen, but as I've gone further into the business, I found myself less and less inclined to play those games, I think because... Although they're quite accurate with how things look, the feel of how a match would play out in the video game is not as realistic as it actually is in ring. So I think that takes me away from it sometimes. Mm, 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 mm. Um, well, Will Osprey, your your tag team partner today, anyway, uh, says uh, or asks, "Tell the best Will Osprey party story that won't get him in any trouble." Also, attached yeah, to the, that said you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, there really isn't. Um, it, it always starts off pretty calm and, you know, uh, seems like any other night where we're just kind of celebrating a, a fun time or a, a fun tour. And then it goes to 100 pretty quick. So, uh, I don't really think I can tell any stories on air. Um, and also a lot of the times I kind of eject myself first from these situations because right. I'm too scared about what would happen to little Robbie uh, right. If he stays the entire night, so uh, I'm usually one of the first to leave. I mean, you you have transitioned from from Bullet Club into Chaos, and you know, as part of that, is is that a lifestyle change? As you're you're traveling with these different partners, as as you're going to these these different situations in terms of uh, you know your time in between the the matches, um, is is that a little bit of a, a culture shock going to the you know being with a different faction? Yeah, it is a little bit different. Um, I feel like when I was with the BC, I was constantly having to prove myself, uh, even you know inside the ring and out of the ring. 
And that was almost like me stepping on eggshells a little bit. Um, I didn't want to say the wrong thing. I didn't want to do the wrong thing. I wanted to make sure that I secured my position in this group. And I never really felt comfortable. It never felt natural. Um, although I did have some good times with the guys, it turned sour very quickly, especially with the arrival of uh, Mr. Headbang himself. So... Uh, once I switched to Chaos, I, it kind of just felt natural and comfortable right off the bat. Um, everyone was really welcoming. Uh, even some of the guys that I had faced off with before, like the Rapongi 3K guys, I wasn't very nice to them when I was in the BC. But as soon as we made that switch, um, they were kind of like, the past is the past. We'll probably have to fight again, but we know there's no harm done. And they welcomed me as a brother as part of this little Chaos family. And uh, it, it's been a lot easier for me, a lot more natural. Um, but in saying that, it's always uh, easier when I have someone like Rocky or Osprey with me because I don't speak the best Japanese. So when I did go to a dinner with just uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Okada, <laughs> uh, a little bit difficult for me because there was a lot of Japanese dialect that I didn't understand at that dinner. Right, right, right. And, uh, well, Ishii... There's there's some stories with with Ishii when he's at a certain <laughs> at a certain party point, isn't there? Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Sonal Lad at Wrestling Chat says, uh, "Which New Japan star were you most looking forward to wrestling when you first arrived in New Japan?" I think um, I didn't really have any any expectations of who I was going to get the opportunity to wrestle with when I was kind of locked in and confirmed for that Super Junior Tag League in 2018. Mm -hmm. But when I got uh, announced for the first round match being against uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask, that was like an ultimate boyhood dream for me. Um, and the fact that I, you know, tapped out Mr. Liger, uh, that, that's even the icing on the cake for me because never in my wildest dreams would I have thought I'd look across the ring from him. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would beat him upon debut. And then you go like almost uh, two years later um, to December, oh, November, November last year. And, uh, you know, I was tagging with Jushin Thunder Liger in Sydney. So uh, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, there's been a lot of people that I've been really looking forward to wrestling against. And as the roster has changed and evolved, there's always new opponents for me to look towards and kind of start scouting and hope to have matches with. But there's one person that's on my list that I haven't been able to tick off one-on-one -on -one yet, and there's only been a few encounters. And I don't know how I would fare because it is heavyweight versus junior, but uh, Kenta is definitely someone that's on my radar. Huh. That's, yeah, that's that's interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. Wendy, uh, yo, what, what draws you to Kenta? Uh, he was just one of the guys when I was introduced to Japanese wrestling that I watched heavily. Um, you know, as much as I don't like him, Gino Gambino has spoken about this before. For those of us that were in the scene of Australian wrestling at the time, in the, um, you know, the just before the 2010 period and onwards, uh, a lot of the Japanese wrestling we were influenced by was uh, from Pro Wrestling Noah. Mm -hmm. And that was because we had guys like Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols who were a part of the Noah roster. So not only would we follow what they were doing at the time, but we would then in turn see these other wrestlers. And, you know, Kenta, Marafuji, uh, even Kanemaru at the time, um, the junior heavyweights were always the people that I was encapsulated by. And... Kenta was just a dude that I thought he he didn't back down no matter how, how much bigger his opponent was. And uh, I really resonated with that spirit. 
Um, I don't appreciate his attitude now. I definitely don't think he's the same Kenta, but I'd like to test myself against someone like that, that I grew up watching, and uh, I'd like to feel those things firsthand to see if they feel exactly how they looked. Mm. The, you know, I mean, the, the open weight division is is the sort of place where that sort of thing can happen, and, and you know, Shingo being... Uh, never open weight champion at, at this point is taking on all, con- all comers. It seems like, you know, they, there might be hints of him going for show. There might be hints of, you know, he'd just take on absolutely everybody at this point. Would, uh, would you step in that, that never open weight championship, you know, mix? Would, would you stand across from Shingo Takagi at any point? Yeah, definitely. I don't think I'm a one dimensional wrestler by any means. So I don't want to be subjected just to the junior heavyweight division. If there's, a big matchup opportunity or even just a clash of styles that really can push me and test me and that's in the never open weight division then I'm all I'm all for it um, you know look at my last couple of matches in New Japan it was actually for the the never open weight six man tag titles so mm-hmm. I'm happy to go against the heavyweights I'm happy to prove that you know my spirit can't be broken easily I'm not someone that can be laid out just because he's he weighs less than his opponents. Um, I'm going to fight as hard for every little bit that I can because, you know, although I'm in New Japan now, I'm constantly fighting to stay in the position I'm in and I want to get even higher up the ranks as the as the years go on. So if I have to prove myself against the big boys, then so be it. And Shingo and I have faced in singles competition before in North America. So uh, I think, you know, it might be time we do it in Japan as well. Okay. Uh, William Carey asks is if there is an Australian wrestler that you would like to see in NJPW. Who's who's making big waves on the, on the Australian scene at the moment? That is such a difficult question because I have so much love for a lot of my peers here in Australia. Um, I think one person that like instantly stands out to me is my coaching partner in Mick Moretti. He's such an oddball and he has been a part of the New Japan tours in Australia before. Mm-hmm. And he, he always stands out because he's just a psycho, an absolute psycho. Um, he doesn't care how he looks. He doesn't care how he wrestles. It's all about the effectiveness. I think he could do some really cool stuff in the New Japan ring and would be very impressive to the Japanese audience. If I were to look at a tag team, um, it's hard to look past a junior heavyweight tag team called the Velocities. Um, They trained under me for a long time and they've grown leaps and bounds and Paris De Silva and Jude London have just constantly impressed me no matter who they're wrestling or where they're wrestling. They just keep up in the ante in the tag division. And that's something that a lot of Australian fans have wanted as a dream match was the Birds of Prey versus the Velocities. So, you know, if they entered in the New Japan ring and then that makes that uh, that dream more of a reality, then I'm all for it. Because again, uh, I want to test myself in singles, in tag, in whatever competition is thrown at me against whoever is thrown at me. And for me, the more Australians in New Japan, the merrier because then it just makes it easier for dinners. <laughs> sure sure uh well i mean based on that uh ben m at kaitoken on twitter says um what do you believe distinguishes australian pro wrestling from other countries is there anything that makes australia unique uh in terms of pro wrestling we definitely have our own sort of sense of uh comedic value so that's one thing right off the bat um we're not like the uk we're not like america 
Um, definitely not like Japan in that sense. We we have our own sort of unique comedic sort of reactions that we get from the audience or things that we know that a general Australian fan of entertainment or of sport would uh, would find funny. So that's usually the, the most instinctively obvious thing that's different. The wrestling style itself, it very much is a hybrid because we didn't grow up with our own style of wrestling. A lot of our champions from the past had toured places like Japan, like America, like the UK. So we kind of got this mixed bag flavor of when we all started training because our coaches individually would have their style, but that would be thrown upon them from those that they learned from. And that would be influenced from those yesteryear wrestlers that I just mentioned. So there was never like a... When you look at England, there was like a, a very British style, which was that catch-as-catch-can, the technical sort of masterpiece style. And then you've got the American style, which is, you know, I guess um, dictated by, you can look back to the NWA and AWA, and then it evolved into the, the TV wrestling that defined the 90s and the early 2000s. Um, that's very uh, obvious to see. And then the Japanese style, a lot of people like to talk about um, the strong style or the fighting spirit. In Australia, we kind of have a lot of all of that coming together as like this um, this hybrid version of pro wrestling uh, with a very strong influence of Lucha Libre right now. And I like to think that's thanks to PWA because of our links to uh, one Mike Quackenbush and Chikara Pro uh, being influenced by that promotion and having Mike come over and take some seminars with us, uh, sometimes spanning over two weeks. Um has really seen like a Lucha Libre influence on all wrestlers, especially across the greater part of New South Wales. And that's kind of bled into the other states as well. So there is a very unique style in a, here in Australia and you have to see it to understand what it is. Cool. Um, well, a little bit different non-wrestling question, but at Sparkplug Jr., favorite Filipino food? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have to go with Jollibee, um, which is the, the fast food fried chicken. Uh, very famous in the Philippines. Uh, I just went over there recently, and that being my my second home country uh, from mm. my mum's side of the family, uh, I hadn't been there since I was about two or three years old. So uh, it was a long pilgrimage for me to finally get back there, especially as an adult. And uh, yeah, food is like a number one thing for me, and it's very easy for me to get lost in throwing the diet away and enjoying all the delicacies of a, a new country. Um, Fried chicken is always something that's been a favorite of mine. Very dangerous for my heart, though, so I got to stay away. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah, that's well. That's one thing you have in common with uh, Gino is a love of fried chicken. (laughs) He was lamenting not having chicken and chips. Yeah, I I think when when we were friends, he might have influenced me on that a little bit. So uh, (laughs) that's something that's lasted with me, even though we're not quite good buddies anymore. Right, right, right. You're um, sort of abandoning me with, with talk of, of Filipino food. This is uh, you're another complete cultural, I have no idea what this means, question. But at this, uh, Samuel 016 says, uh, if you could only one watch one of these two, would you rather watch AFL or NRL? Oh, AFL okay. is Australian football, right? Yeah, so the uh, Australian Football League, and then you've got NRL, which is the National Rugby League. 
um, which is different to Rugby Union, which is what the World Cup was when it was in Japan. So Rugby League right. has slightly different rules. Um, look, anyone that actually knows me knows I follow NRL and I am a diehard Cronulla Sharks fan, which is tragic to a lot of people because we have only won one premiership finals. <laughs> so, um, And I was there. I was there in full face paint, blue, black and white. Um, I've never, I, I think I've only ever watched one AFL game in my life. Um, that's very much a, uh, a Southern state Victorian, uh, sport and I'm from New South Wales. So I fully invest in my NRL. <laughs> All right. So one last one we got, uh, here, which is, yeah, a, a relevant question. I think, um, dark, what's this dark Raven queen one asks, um, now that Will's moved up to heavyweight. Are you st- are you two still going to tag or you know what's what's that situation going to be like? Yeah, I mean it came to a bit of a shock to me as well when he announced his move, but I think everyone sort of saw the writing on the wall with that. And I know Will was working towards that um even when mm. we did start the Birds of Prey. So it's something that I've been preparing for. Um I don't think you're going to see the Birds of Prey end. It's just going to be a less frequent thing because of him being in a different division to me. The matchups aren't going to align like they used to. So it's definitely something that will still happen. Um, maybe it happens more often than not outside of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm not too sure how that looks at the moment. But the Birds of Prey are definitely not done. There's too many matches that we personally want to have against other tag teams. So I know any opportunity Will and I get to to step in as partners again, we're going to make that happen as much as possible. Um, and I think people didn't even really see the peak of us as a tag team yet. So we, we've we've got a lot more tricks in our back pockets. So yeah, I, I definitely think there's there's more room for the Birds of Prey tag team. Yeah, there's there's still certainly a, a, an awful lot to do. And and you know if you were to make well, I guess you you fell a little bit short of the the 0.6 mans um before against lij but if you if you were going to make an open weight combination of of three um to go over those titles again from chaos you know it, it would you would assume okay so yourself and and will already an established tag team who would be the third man that you would put in there uh, i feel like we need to go straight to the top and get the man that's had gold plenty of times before and myself will and okada have been a trios Ooh. on events in new japan before so why not? Why not make a run for the never open weight with uh, with uh, Mr. Rainmaker himself? But uh, there is a, there is another partner that we've Will and I have spoken about, and he has competed in a few New Japan events, mostly in North America. But here's a dream trio for you, Chris, an exclusive: mm. Will Ospreay, Robbie Eagles, Amazing Red. There you go. I feel like yeah. that's an that's an undefeatable team right there. That's 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 definitely that's a real winner. Yeah, we we can't now if we put it out there, then you know somebody somebody up up on high will will listen to this and then go, oh, that that's something that that uh, maybe we might be able to make happen. Who knows? That's how Who the knows? universe works, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> if you just put something out there, it might happen. Um. So yes, thanks to everybody who sent in questions. Um. We hope that everybody's staying safe, staying well, staying healthy. Um, staying home if you need to. And again, if you, if you are out working, uh, in this environment doing, 
um you know necessary work in at this point in time then uh, we just appreciate everybody so so much um and if you are staying home uh, then please do enjoy all the content that's coming up on njpwworld.com uh, of course all the archival content that's there a lot of it being freshly voiced over by kevin kelly with with the english commentary um documentaries uh, talk sessions uh, all of this stuff you know it, there's a certain way in which uh, you know it, it's allowed um, everybody in New Japan from, from the wrestlers down to staff to kind of find new ways to be creative, I guess. And, and, uh, certainly there's, there's some positives to be found there and some really, really amazing content up on NJPW world. Um, Robbie, when, when we do get back to business, hopefully very, very soon, what's, what's first on your agenda? I think, uh, you know what, uh, now that it's in the back of my mind, first of my agenda is to get a hold of ELP. Um, I think I really need to make sure that I silence him for good. And uh, anytime he wants to pop up on Twitter uh, after we finally face off again, I want to make sure that he doesn't have anything like that to say. I want him to recall the time that I beat him so bad, so quickly and embarrassed him that uh, he doesn't really talk much at all. So uh, I think that's the first thing. (laughs) There you go. So we're we're putting things out there in the universe. Now, Now all of this stuff has to happen. I mean, if it happens backstage or in the ring, I really don't care, Chris. So I'll, uh, right, I'll just make uh, it happen you know, either way. As long as there's a camera backstage, you know, you've got to, <laughs> you've got to let, let the people know. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> okay, so until next time, as, as these uh, at-home sessions continue on the NJPW Official English Podcast, um, I hope to speak, speak to you again very, very soon. But until next time, go kigenyo, sayonara.